0: Hello and welcome to Minified, a bi-weekly rundown of technology news that piqued my interest. I am your host Richard and I am looking forward to this episode. In this episode, we will talk about Bootstrap 5, the new CloudFront functions and some more quick bits. Stay tuned! Bootstrap 5 Bootstrap 5 was released last week. And keeping in tradition with Minified's last episode of well-timed releases, Bootstrap 5 was released on the 5th of May. The blog post announcing the release of the 5th version of Bootstrap started off strong with the legendary One more time by Daft Punk. But more on the technical side, Bootstrap is now officially free of jQuery. Wow, what a bold move! Dropdowns and popovers are overhauled thanks to update to popper Wii 2. We also get a brand new off-canvas component which should give us an easy bootstrap native way for placing stuff outside of websites and letting them slide back into viewport. They are also dropping support for Internet Explorer 10 and 11 and Microsoft Edge Legacy. Take that Microsoft! In other news, we get right to left support, brand new forms that include floating labels, new file inputs and much much more. For me, Bootstrap was the CSS framework that got me down on a path of building responsive websites. And for that, it will always have a special place in my heart. How we, or rather they, use web components at GitHub. We have talked a little bit about web components in the last episode when we were discussing Lit 2.0. So I thought it'd be interesting to see who is using web components and how do they use them. And I didn't know this before, but GitHub is leveraging web components pretty heavily. When GitHub first launched, it was built with a lot of jQuery. And back in the days, a lot of platforms were doing this. When they eventually migrated away from jQuery, they started to dabble with web components and sometime later they rolled out their first few. Fast forward to today and they actually use a lot of them. They have one for that nice markdown toolbar we all know and love, a generating model one, and a lot more very useful ones. Some of the web components they have authored are open source and the repository for them can be found in the description below if you'd like to take a look or use them for yourselves. The driving force behind the web components is their catalyst library that takes inspiration from Google's lit element and stimulus library. It helps them to adhere to their best practices without relying on manual code review when dealing with web components. They also have a set of internal tests that aim to, among other things, prevent developers from introducing deprecated patterns with new code they add. There are some examples of the internal tests in the article, and they're pretty cool. CloudFront functions AWS has recently introduced a new feature for CloudFront, their CDN service called CloudFront functions. Amazon's hosting service already has a Lambda at edge, so at first sight it might seem that this might not be needed. However, it's quite different. For starters, it's much more restricted than a Lambda. You can only use JavaScript in this environment, and your CloudFront functions only have one millisecond to run. On the other hand, the pricing is much, much lower when compared to Lambdas. So what can you actually do with these functions, you might ask? Now that's a great question. According to Amazon, they are meant to be used for simple HTTP request response manipulations that can be executed by very short-lived functions. Specifically, we can use them for cache key manipulations and normalization, for URL rewrites and redirects, for manipulating HTTP headers, or access authorization. In practice, you can for example use the URL rewrites to redirect non-authenticated users to a login form, or even for A-B testing. a wild Mantine appears! (laughs) I'm not sure if the name is derived from that cool Pokemon, but if it is, then it's super effective! If you know what I mean. Mantine provides us with a set of React components and hooks, and focuses on accessibility and developer experience. And on behalf of us developers, thank you Mantine! It also has support for Dark Theme by default in all of its components. The selection of hooks is none too shabby as well and you can find one for handling click outside, for using clipboard and they also have one for form management. There are a couple more things I wanted to share with you, so stay tuned if you're not bored yet. Google Docs is exchanging their HTML-based rendering for a new canvas-based approach. This change should happen in the upcoming months, and it might impact some Chrome extensions, so keep this in mind if something stops working for you. You can check out what it looks like on a preview URL that you can find in the description below. TypeScript has a new 4.3 release candidate. It brings loads of quality of life improvements, and I recommend checking out the whole article on the link in the description below if you want to know more. But to name just a few, we get separate write types on properties, pre-nifty import statement completions, and go-to definitions for non-JavaScript files. All right, and this is it for the third episode of Minified. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next one. Cheers.